Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. Napa know-how. This month, Napa's got all kinds of motor oil deals that can save you some serious cash. Like a five-quart jug of Napa full synthetic motor oil for just $16.49. With savings like that, you may start feeling like a VIP. But don't let it go to your head. These oil deals are for everyone. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. General states pricing. Sales prices not include applicable state local taxes or recycling fees. Offer ends 831.20. Hey, everyone. TrueCar has been a proud supporter of Podcast One for years, so we want to partner with them to hear all about your TrueCar experience. And you may even get an Amazon gift card to kick off your summer. So we want to hear all about your true car shopping experience. Send us an email to truecar at podcastone.com and tell us all about your shopping experience with true car. The first 200 people to email will receive a $20 Amazon gift card. So you have to send in your email soon. Again, it's truecar at podcastone.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save $25. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Stay little chico, Pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game, so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Welcome back to Giant Size Heroes. It is issue nine. Issue I'm just nine. going with it now. Uh, we, issue why nine. not? It's issue. <laughs> we're in, yeah, we're speaking at them from an issue. Uh, and and we are uh, once again back. Uh, Koi is back. Thank you for the uh, flood of saga tweets picking up again. Always more. Always more saga. The most important thing that happened this week is that y'all start, kept went back to tweeting your first saga trades at us, and I love it. And the sheer amount, like whenever we think it's everyone, there's more, and yeah. it's, and it's in an abundance. Like when I get one tweet, I get like ten, and I'm always happy. It's so the best. never stop. Uh, worth noting while we're on the to- topic of saga, uh, I am at issue forty eight, which yeah. means I only have I'm doing six a week. I only have one new week of saga until I'm with you guys in hiatus. Oh no! I'm about to join the void. Oh no! Uh, I read 42 to 48 this morning. Um, I can't even with this book. 42 to 48, a very dramatic death happens, which causes a hallucination, which causes some of the most jarring imagery I've seen in this book, which is saying something. Uh, characters do things as in Saga You heard I don't it here expect. first. Characters do things. They do things, confirmed. But it's Saga, so your heart breaks. Uh, it's just so good. Why do we read this book? Because it breaks you in all the right ways. <laughs> I think that some things need to be broken, and it does it correctly. It's like, it's like what's the thing that needs to be broken? Like a Toblerone bar. Yeah, oh, that's a great analogy. <laughs> yes. Toblerone you can't eat a whole broken. Toblerone bar at once. That's impossible. Can't do it. Mm-hmm. It, it breaks you like a Toblerone bar should be broken. <laughs> uh, also, a, a certain uh, mysterious actor seems very excited to check out Saga, and I'm very excited to see what he thinks. Yes. Like, You've that's all seen be... comic book shopping by now. It came out this week. Uh, I am so excited that you got to do this. I am so excited that you got to have that conversation yes. with that actor. Uh, you no, I am I am a huge fan of the like well I was gonna say the fanboy side of you as if there's another side of you. It's just you. <laughs> there is um, there's levels. I don't It's like, beautiful. There were so many moments. Uh Jake Hall for, for listeners at home is 
my favorite working actor. So I there was a moment when I was watching the final cut and I was like, I'm literally just rattling off his IMDb. I'm like, I know way too much to be talking to this man about his whole career. <laughs> like there was a moment of actual like, I think I like his work too much. I should stop. Oh no, he's fine with it. Um, where we, we were able to talk about like acting process and he related it back to comics and then I was able to relate comics back to acting process. And it's such a unique experience because I was an actor and I've always loved comics. So I know some of the, the lingo, the dialogue, and it was really cool to hear from someone who I've admired his work so much much having him talk to me about what I see about this work and then having comic creators notice because the 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 scope of what the this property is yes. having comic creators like tweet out like oh my god this is what we want out of shows I'm like it's such an honor like Derek Robertson like I mean good god yo I don't know if you've seen this but Derek Robinson uh De- Robert Robinson what am I saying Derek Robertson <laughs> uh was among the people passing around the comic book shopping interview uh and of course legendary illustrator of Transmetropolitan of the boys just a fabulous comic book legend who was like, this, more of this. <laughs> and I was, was just like, like, okay, Derek oh, Robertson. Thanks so much. I enjoy that as well. Uh, so it was just an honor. And we also got to talk about another comic I'm in deep love with. Uh, and I think a certain actor could totally play Scott Free. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I'm not saying he didn't say he's going to be inspired by something in that stack, but he totally might. I mean, I'm just saying. Uh, and Jake, if you're somehow listening to this with all your free time, thank you. You were lovely. Like one of the best interviews I've had in my entire life. And it's so hard when you have such high expectations for someone that you've been watching their work and admiring it since you're 13. You're awesome. Uh, if you are listening, never tell us. We'll die. Uh, <laughs> speaking of things that we are assuming are only happening in the happy afterlife of our dreams, <laughs> Sandman is freaking getting made. Yes. Excellent tangent, by the way. I, and also, yes. Because I'm dying. That was the mental. I was like, things that have killed me. Uh, <laughs> This announcement, this long, long awaited announcement that they are making a Sandman television show, that Netflix is doing it, that Neil Gaiman is involved, that Alan Heidberg, who's one of my faves, is involved, yeah. uh, David Gorder is also on board, uh, and we are getting our first inklings of what it's going to be. And I just, okay, so we went into a lot of the stuff I'm excited about on this week's Heroes. Here's my worry. Okay. First of all, it might be impossible to make an adaptation of this. Um, that's just – let's Same just put worry. that out there. Yeah. Uh, Caveat accepted. I mean, again, that no one is going to come and take our comic books away. Correct. So we will always have the run. Uh, and um, poor Neil Gaiman is already like, oh, no, is it just going to be every day forever people telling me not to mess up my own baby? And it's like, yeah, I'm real sorry. Be nice to Neil Gaiman, y'all. Be nice to Neil Gaiman. Uh, or, you know, maybe he'll vengefully kill off all our favorite characters <laughs> even faster than they might otherwise go. Uh, but the other thing I'm hoping is that they wouldn't take on a project like this unless they intended to see it through in long form. Mm. We've heard rumblings. These are not official things that Netflix is saying, but we've heard rumblings that they are sticking with shorter. Like you get a couple seasons and then they might not bring you back for three through seven or whatever. We don't know long term what Netflix's strategy is uh, if they are just sort of like the, – because the, it has been suggested that just giving things a couple seasons and then walking away – serves their mission best because it draws in the new audience that might be interested in that. And then you move on to other new projects. Now, I don't want to see only two seasons of Sandman. I want to see many seasons of Sandman. Um, But I hope whatever – I I hope and trust that they wouldn't be doing this if they didn't want to do it right. And we've heard that they're not going to try to squeeze it into a certain runtime. So I feel like that gives us some credibility that even if Netflix doesn't take it, they might have some other outlets and places. And if it's done well, it'll transfer somewhere. Like that's that's what we've had. Uh, An exception to that rule is Deadly Glass, which I feel like should live somewhere. But uh, that's a property that – brought people back to the comics. If and they bring something... that one back from the grave, by the way, it's the Undeadly Class. Ah, the Undeadly Class. I'm a monster. Which, if you're reading Deadly Class, they could totally tie into some stuff. <laughs> I'm just saying. There's a certain issue that I wasn't expecting in the fourth volume. Uh, so I really think that this is an opportunity to make something good enough that it can live either forever or it can transfer to another property because we have no idea what it's going to be. We don't know the tone. Right. We know the book, but we only know the book, and the book is interpretive because it's about concepts. Mm-hmm. So it literally is an unadaptable concept in my mind, and it's such a cool thing. It's like Sandman to me is like a um, an art style. Like you've got watercolor, you've got inks, you've got pencils. Sandman is one of those things, but what they make out of that, is, that's all we know. We know that it's going to be watercolor. We don't know what you're going to paint out of the watercolor. We know it might be ink. We don't know what you're going to make out of that ink. You know? I just, I'm so excited because Sandman is a story about crazy otherworldly concepts and immortal beings who embody ideas and all of that stuff. But it's, it does all of those things in service of telling the greatest story you will ever read about being human. The humanity in the inhuman is what I like about comic books. That's what I like about Saga. That's what I like about – I mean 
Every time you give me a character that I feel like I shouldn't love and you make me love it within a panel, I'm like, okay, fine, you got me. And that, that I think, is the, is the power of, of comic books. And I think that we're learning how to adapt that to other mediums. Yeah. But it's a new thing. And I only, I'm glad it's waited till now for yeah, Sandman. I yeah. think that it, any if sooner would have been a problem. If they had tried to do this in a movie, I think it would have been a bad call. I'm so glad it's going to be serialized. Uh, I hope – Whatever the plan is, I hope it all goes well and we get to see it. Uh, you know I love my Alan Heinberg. If you haven't read Young Avengers, nothing to do with Sandman tonally, except it's great. <laughs> and uh, it's a comic. Yeah. He co-created it with Jim Chung and they're wonderful characters, uh, like a gift to the Marvel Universe. He, of course, has his own experience in TV. Um, he, of course, wrote the screenplay for Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were a lot of story con- contributors there. But uh, I, I'm, I'm so – I'm going to be hanging on every word of this process. Uh, and speaking of Vertigo goodies, I, we're just going to keep calling them Vertigo goodies because we goodies. all know they're Vertigo. vertigo. Can I say before we get to Vertigo good, goodies? Yes. I think that the adaptation of Sandman will be like a gourmet twice-baked potato because it will be a thing you're aware of but something else inside it of the same substance but still surprise you. But it's got a lot of high-quality ingredients like it's, a, it's like, a, like, an, like an organic twice-baked potato. Yeah. So it's a good experience, and each bite brings you a new level, and it makes you think about the last bite while also making you appreciate the potato more. And it's going to have Same the quality thing. of the uh, the the final meal in Ratatouille, oh, where yes, the certainly. bite sends you on an experience, it and it's drawn from your own humanity and your own past and your own future. Uh, that's what it's going to be. No high bars here. It's, Just low expectations yeah, is what we're saying. Absolutely. It only needs to be the uh, genre-defining best thing that's ever happened, and then it'll be Sandman. Just so. change my life. <laughs> Just that. Uh, yeah, so please tweet at us with what you think, which stories you want to make sure definitely get adapted in here. I am very interested to see how you make this kind of main character main character-less show. I don't know if you can do that on TV or if people will let you do that or accept it, but I think it, there's, it could absolutely work. You could have a whole season that is Game of You or A Doll's House. Yeah. Like uh, You have someone else who's basically the lead of that season. It's weird because in TV we get attached to a certain cast and we want them forever. And I'm going to definitely experience that with this. But the idea with Sandman, people come and go. Their stories begin and end. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. But like ensemble movies like Magnolia? Mm-hmm. Like if you did something like Magnolia with this cast but do it long form, like make the characters intertwined where there's no actual real lead. The beauty of like PTA films is the the cast is so strong that you don't really have a lead, uh, but then you, you you have characters you love, but that that's more a reflection of you, and that's Sandman. And the thing is, it's it's always Sandman. He's always in the story, but you don't really realize what story's being told by him for like half the series, and I mm. love that. The, the experience of discovering where they're going and what they're doing in Sandman is... Anyway, I'm gonna reread it after after this chunk. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. I think I have to. Yes. Like all these talks are getting me really yes. excited about it. Okay, and me, I'm gonna spend the whole hour on Sandman. Uh, that's what we're doing. Uh, but luckily, the next thing I put on this list, I love so much that it will actually induce me to make this tangent. Doom Patrol is coming to home video. Fantastic news. Bigger audience. Get get it off the internet exclusive for, for foreign audiences. You can buy it. You can own it. I don't and really understand region locking, so hopefully you can all get these DVDs and Blu-rays. You, but... can, you can unlock some regions. <laughs> Koi crime. There Koi are crime. there are readers that can adjust some certain regional capabilities. I know. Our buddy saying. Hector is constantly watching things from the UK, so I know this is possible on some level. Because they don't make 3D in America anymore. <laughs> Poor Hector. They're gonna. They're working for him. It's, they're gonna be happening. Talk to Hector about how to bootleg DVDs. But you buy them, and you just transfer them over regions. Hector got you. You figure it out, and and our our blessings are with you because we need everybody to watch uh, Doom Patrol, the wonderful series that was on DC Universe uh, about a bunch of misfit superheroes and the very strange challenges they take on. Uh, I fell madly in love with it. Like I don't think it's even controversial to say it's like the best X-Men story in years. Oh, absolutely. It you know, it between Doom Patrol and Umbrella Academy this year, we've had some damn fine X-Men TV and Legion season 3 is about to come out. I know. So, it's unreasonable. I think it's out now. Is it out now? I'm Starting so bad now, at this. I'm Around way now. behind. I've seen billboards, <laughs> but it's very busy in in the summer in this business. I don't know what release dates are. I just go, "Oh, I'm late." And then I show up and then sometimes it's about a show. Okay, so it's a very themed episode because the next thing on our list is a also, I guess it's DC Black Label now. Uh, Watchmen. Watchmen hype. We're getting more interviews rolling out as they work on Watchmen. And there was just a great uh, collider, actually, in conversation with Don Johnson, who was talking about respecting the source material and getting excited for Watchmen. I think the phrase he used was like, it's not just a graphic novel, it's like the graphic novel. And he's, you know, it's not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> 
But he also was just talking about how great it was to work with Regina King and talk a little bit about the process of working once again with Damon Lindelof. Yeah. Uh, and so that's, that's a really fun if you haven't checked that out. Um, yeah, just getting hyped for that. Watchmen is – how are they going to do this? I don't know what this show's going to be. And that's kind of cool. The trailers <laughs> are like, you don't know what this is still, but here's some images that will get you really excited. Do you love Watchmen? This is that kind of. All right, see you in the summer. Like that tra- yeah. that's that's what the trailer was. And I'm okay with that. And that feels weird. So, uh But also a- Regina King. And just everyone involved. Yeah. Like there's the cast is incredible. The the team behind it like I'm all in and I they don't need to tell me anything else, but I'm I'll take more information. They can tell me more, but they don't have to. I'm so excited. All right. And finally, uh, I was going to be real mad about this until the Sandman news broke my world wide open uh, because we also just offhandedly found out from Neil Gaiman this week that he talked to Marvel TV about doing 1602 like last year and he's like, they weren't interested. Casually. <laughs> flippantly. Just tweeted that. You know, 1602, not their cup of tea. Like, <laughs> what? Now, granted, I have no idea what the right situation would be like, which characters you could use, how it would fit in with anything, but it was like um, our heads just exploded, I think, collectively when we were like, wait, they what? You what? And how cool is it they're taking meetings in the old game about 1602? Like someone was like, all right, let's listen. And then then they foolishly decided against it. But it could be a rights issue because I can't imagine what characters they can. It's also really hard. You got to have Peter Parkour. Oh, man. At least. But how do you explain that to audiences? Like, no, this is a separate universe taking place in 1602. And these characters. You know and love. Well, it's them, but not them. Look, kind people of. are smart. You show them Peter Parkwar wearing a ruff, and they're like, "All right, it's some kind of old timey Spider Man." And you're like, "You got it. You're on board. We but can do this." Every non comic fan that's into the MCU would be like, "How does it tie in? Is there an Easter egg? Did they travel back in time? Is this the same?" Like, people would want it to connect. I think that's one of the things that hurt DC was was they were making these really great movies. Well, especially now they're making really great movies. Wonder Woman and Aquaman don't really connect, but they can later. Joker isn't going to connect. But I think in the beginning it was – there was so much must connect, has to tie in, has to build to something. It kind of like – they rushed to a certain thing that they didn't have to. And that, that would be the concern for me is audiences demanding a thing and then it not being necessary. The, the, the general idea of have a plan and then be – see if you can execute it yeah that's you know i it's just it's going to be interesting to look back on this era in terms of like at what point was this the priority when did that change why did it change because of course when we say beginning the beginning of dc films is like 1940 that yeah like, and, and right now i'm i'm the happiest of dc films i've ever been because before i don't know correct my math it's it, wonder woman aquaman shazam is the run and we're waiting on joker like right now is great but i think that's the strength of not having to rely on connectivity so i'd like to see that do well i just don't know if audiences want that much depends on like talk to me i, I i'm I'm so curious. Like, Birds of Prey is the big, like, I've heard huh, it's great. am I going to love this as a standalone or am I going to get there and then miss my Birds of Prey? Or am I just going to be like, I'm so in love with this weird, wacky version of all of this? Some people have seen it and raves. No, what? How? Not, Aren't not they still filming? People. Not pre- like, like those those screenings they do that we're not allowed at because uh-huh. we're pressed because yeah. we talk about it like I yeah. am right now. <laughs> uh, I've heard. I, and I don't know any of these people. I've read about, like, high praise reactions from from general audiences they've screened like two two times what? and i don't think it's even finished yet i think they're just showing footage to get the tone what? yeah yeah so i've heard it's great that's completely blind not it all right well we do have a lot more uh movie news to hit uh as much as we want to spend time on next february's <laughs> <laughs> most anticipated for me uh we have some things in theaters right now such as once again uh avengers endgame it's back it, it didn't leave but it's back don't call it a comeback. It's literally it's just still here. Um, <laughs> it, uh, but it did have extra material. I did not get a chance to go out and catch this. But they did either. notch uh, a little bit more onto the box. They re-entered the top ten mm-hmm. this weekend in advance of Spidey Far From Home with a, an unfinished deleted scene and a special introduction and uh, a, Stanley a, a Stanley tribute and a, a sneak peek at Spider-Man Far From Home, which is going to be opening around the world as you listen to this. Uh, yeah, you can see that right now, and I recommend you do because it is very uh, dense. You don't want to hear anything about it before you've seen it. Like, see Spider-Man. Yes. And once that is out and you've all had a chance to see it, we're going to dig in. There's a bunch of great interviews out there about what they were taking on with the character in this movie, uh, what the filmmakers' thoughts were. There's lots of great stuff out there, but we don't want to get into it yet. Yeah, we'll, t- um, we'll dive into Spidey next week, and then when Amy's back, we'll go further into our opinions uh, and also there's an interview that drops tomorrow from Collider with a certain Flash Thompson Heck 
Yeah. Uh, so that's very exciting. Uh, yes, as Coy just mentioned, I am so inspired by this movie. I am literally going across the pond. Amy's uh, going far <laughs> from home? She's like, wait a second. That looked fun. I'm going to do that. This is the move. I was like, Coy looks like London was really fun. Let's do that. Uh, yep, there she goes. And you got you to gotta go to Orbital. We'll, oh, we'll do so a follow-up. You can do an I'm Orbital so follow-up. It's going to be great. Uh, so yeah, you'll see. I'll be on the social medias talking about all of that. I'm very, very excited. I'll be back for Comic Con, obviously. You guys will hear me yammering on giant size, either by myself or the special guest. Oh Probably my gosh, do one by yourself. Just literally me just, just talking for an hour. Oh man, you have to invent different uh, versions of yourself to talk to. Oh, of course, obviously. Like ones up here and ones down here, and yeah. the ones just regular. <laughs> Why I'm not a voice actor? Because that's what I think voice acting sounds like. Hey, it was good. It was good. <laughs> so speaking of going around the world, Spider-Man is already open in. China and Killing making it. bucket loads of money. Uh, so good job. Good job, Spidey. It's real good. And I like that the movie is international and it doesn't feel like pandering. Uh, I can say that without spoilers, that when they go to places, it feels like they went to places. It doesn't feel like Tom Holland in a green screen had a great time. Like, it, it really feels like world traveling, and that yep. was cool. I, um, so I hope it does well in all these markets. I love this feeling about any movie that I got distracted in the middle of that because I remembered a funny line. Uh <laughs> We'll talk about it off the air. Uh, we did get some more great quotes as well. Feige talked to uh, – who was it? Was it? He was talking to BET this week, and they hit him with a bunch of great questions uh, about the future of the Netflix characters, about – he revealed that Ryan Coogler's already at work on the next Black Panther ship, uh, that the rumors of Killmarger coming back are just rumors, of course, because they literally haven't written it yet. Uh, and uh, anything else jump out from this interview to you, Coy? Uh, I, just Kevin Feige's ability to say nothing and everything at once. Like these it's are the so closest good. things. The sound bites we've gotten, but they're all like he's gotten like lawyer training. He's <laughs> so good at saying nothing except for like I will not confirm or deny, but with prettier words. For future generations, they're going to develop a whole one of those like uh, fake word etymologies that goes yes. viral on email. They'll think that Feige and Vague are etymologically connected. That it was named after him. You know, it like, might be in yeah. the future. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he will be named after him. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited for Black Panther too. I do think, even though it's not written, this is not me saying I know something because I don't because no one does. Killmonger's definitely coming back. What? He's going to be. In the, he's going to be in the astral plane. Oh, he was okay. the Black Panther. Well, that that's not coming back. Is okay. Will Michael B. Jordan be on set on Black Panther? That means Killmonger's back. I feel like we're gonna get him. See, back. it's tough because it's like I'd love to see that he's part of the legacy. I'd love to see visions of him, but you don't want to take attention and focus away from whatever they're doing with this next movie. Sure. Uh, so, I mean, if anyone could pull it off, I trust this team very, very much. That first movie did a lot. It did a lot. Um, so, is it possible? I think yes. Am I betting on it right now? I'm going to say no, All right, but I will be very happy to be wrong. I will not put money on it because I'm Irish and that's a slippery slope and I'll start gambling all the time because I have bad problems Coy. in Vegas. Coy crimes. But <laughs> I will say I put even odds on it. I'd say I think – actually, I'd say it will happen. Okay. We, we tune back in when we are uh, losing our minds over the Play next Black Panther movie. Play this back in two years. <laughs> more amazing conversations came out this weekend. Uh, Ace Comic Con happened. People uh, did a lot of uh, fun panels. Uh, we're, we're still trying to nail down the truth of the timeline issues with Captain America. Uh, we'll, we'll never know. No one will ever know. Um, I, I did love that they asked Chris Evans and he was just like, just assume Marvel has a plan. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, that's a paraphrase. Um, we did also get an answer I really loved. Someone uh, talked to Don Cheadle about uh, responses from folks with disabilities to his character of War Machine. Uh, and he gave a really moving answer about the fact that he does get a lot of those responses and then in a very thoughtful and responsible way uh, called for uh, how nice it will be to see and how much he would like to see more opportunities for actors with disabilities in films. And this is a sort of relatively uh, – it is – has been a concern for a long time, but is sort of gaining traction in a way that it hadn't before. Um, and I love to see that, the idea that there are real actors who have disabilities who can be cast to play anything um, and who deserve chances to to play some of these parts. And it's not taking anything away from him to say that he's done his job brilliantly, but I love that he would bring it up as part of the picture when mm -hmm. asked to comment on this specifically. Um, I thought that was just really cool. He seems like a really awesome dude. Uh, I just think Don Cheadle seems like a neat guy, and I love that he uh, gave some, some time to that question because it is absolutely something that I'd like to see more of. I love that these actors 
use their platform to make the world better. All of them. Like, Chris Evans is cap online, and Don Cheadle does not take no guff. Like, Don (laughs) Cheadle is an impressive force on Twitter, and I love that he, like, he doesn't worry about it costing him a job. He will go at you if you're doing something wrong, and Chris Evans the same. I I really respect that they're all Avengers, especially those two. Like, uh, I also want to give some love to, uh, (laughs) do you know the meme of Chris Evans with the acrylics? Yes, I have seen it. I'm a big fan of that meme. I think it's hilarious. Chris Evans has said how much he loves it. Mm-hmm. He met the artist that that got that as popular as it was. Uh, there's She said she wasn't the one that did it first, but she brought his popularity, which I love that she's selfless about it. But she met Chris Evans. So the woman responsible for the mainstream nature of the acrylics gif was at Ace Comic Con, and they took a picture together. Uh, her name's Nicole. She's at... at Ala Mainser, so A L A M A N E C E R, and uh, they definitely met, took a photo together, and it's the best thing. Uh, this photo is amazing. I'm gonna say that is beautiful. What a side note! Great dress. Yeah, Just like really Nicole, good dress. Excellent work all around. Uh, I'm a fan of your work, and I'm a fan that this happened. Yes. Uh, and I love that Chris Evans is all about that joke and all about it. Uh, like, and credit it. where it's due, and that's beautiful. So thank you, Internet, for making that real life moment happen. Because that's that's what the internet's for. So this is just it's it's just a nice general round of. Oh, also sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She also is using uh, all the attention that is currently coming her way uh, for a charity, which I think is really rad. Oh yes. Uh, she's literally. Uh, thank you, everyone, still donating to the Captain Acrylic Challenge that goes directly to the Stonewall <laughs> Foundation for yes! Black and Brown Transgender Folks. So Stonewall is a really important foundation uh, that is for people that are marginalized as hell. So she's using her time and platform to bring attention to that. So she's. Literally directing people out of charity with this attention she's getting. So, That's Nicole, beautiful. thank you, and uh, check out the Stonewall Foundation. Yeah, the 50th anniversary of uh, Stonewall just happened this past weekend. Pride has ended technically, which I believe, as my friend reminds me constantly, means this is LGBT Wrath Month. <laughs> uh, Can so- I point out that, do you know Lil Nas? That that, that uh, country road song. Yes. The what's it? What? I mean, I don't know him, but please feel yeah. free to invite him to the studio at any time. What he did was so rad. <laughs> he literally got like. The entire market into his song and, like, came out on the last day of Pride. But to me, it's a beautiful thing that you can be a fan of his music. And I hope that a lot of people that are are bigoted loved his songs because then they're like, wait, what? And now they can look at their own lives, like, reflect (laughs) on that. Like, wait a second. This is a dude whose sexual orientation doesn't matter because I appreciate his work. And then he came out and made me look at my own opinions on stuff. Like, I, I really hope that happened as much as I felt like it happened. Like, uh, coming out is a very personal thing. There's no right or wrong time. It's just what's right for you. But uh, I will say, well done. Well last done, day of Pride, you. while your song's <laughs> tracking, like, that's the move. You are number one. Uh, for, And we are increasingly happy about that. So, uh, thank you, Lil Nas. I don't know <laughs> you, but I like you. There's an X, right? Yeah, Lil Nas X. Yep. Is he just a fan of Nas? Because I like Nas. Like, I wonder if he named himself We after. don't know what we're talking Lil about, Nas, y'all. let me we're know. We're just excited. Nas is a great artist. <laughs> Kimmy posted, Lil Nas. Uh, so, other things ha- happening out in the world. Oh, no, I was about to skip one. Uh, okay, we will get into... Should we save this one for next week? It's not a spoiler. What, uh, what is it? Which one? This next one on our list is just uh, in the... John Watts, the director of Spider-Man Far From Home, mm-hmm. giving lots of interviews. And I did love this little shout-out uh, that lots of people in promoting this movie have given love to our fave, Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I did love that he just said, you know, he was he said he was jealous because they got to tell <laughs> the Miles story. And the way he put it was the Miles story is one of the great stories. And I love that. I love hearing that from someone in this world. Um, obviously, we've seen Homecoming, so we know that there were some nods in that direction. Um, and it's a place we'd all love to see it go. And it's just it's just fun. It's People just appreciating fun. things. It's real good. Yeah. All right. We also, people appreciating things in real life is coming soon because it's almost Comic-Con. <laughs> I will be flying out and right back for Comic-Con. Uh, I believe you should stay tuned to our schedules to see something. Perhaps something maybe, maybe if you're afoot. down in San Diego. And uh, if you're not doing those un unspecific things you <laughs> might want to check out a lot of the like uh, the schedules for Comic-Con are rolling out and they are fabulous uh, people are do a bunch of panel announcements are happening and we have now gotten except for the movie side the whole Marvel uh, list of panels is out we talked about DC's TV schedule in a previous one um, and now we are we are getting all the, the Marvel publishing the Marvel TV there's going to be an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel in Hall H um, which I assume we will be smuggling Dorian into if he's not already there in line for it uh, breaking news. Breaking news. What? 
Before we're done talking about movie news, uh, <laughs> before okay. we leave movies, this is and it seems Corey, incredible. Anything it's a good that jumps out at you for uh, the Comic Con schedules uh, while I process this, I am very excited. Uh, Skybound's doing some cool stuff. Uh, I want to hear about. I mean, I'm also going to lobby to try to be a part of the stuff shamelessly. <laughs> uh, actually, guys, I don't. I haven't been plugging this. I've been working on some stuff with Skybound, and there's this iconic series where we talk about why certain things are iconic. And I did basically a dissertation on why Deadpool is a meta modernist icon, uh, and they animated it. So I ranted for like five minutes, and then they animated it. So there's a cartoon of me talking about Deadpool on Skybound. Uh, Gamma Ray is the network under Skybound that it's on. So check out Gamma Ray's YouTube. There's a bunch of koi stuff on there. Um, but you'll I'm, find a lot of your friends over at Gamma Ray. You're gonna, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, you, if you're a fan of uh, this little corner of the internet, Gamma Ray's a good place to look around. Uh, so... That stuff. But also Skybound is doing some really cool panels at Comic-Con all four days uh, that I'm intrigued by. And also our own Frosty is sitting down. I think the most excited panel for me Yay! is Hall H's Russo Brothers conversation. Yes! Just a straight-up writer panel with them. Yes! I'm so excited about this. Now, a certain person I know has never been to Hall H, so I think she might get dragged for this uh, Russo Brothers panel because it's weird <laughs> that she's never been. I don't know who I'm talking about, but it's so strange. <laughs> I just can't believe that someone that's so into comic books and nerddom hasn't had the opportunity. Look, you have to prioritize. <laughs> it's not that it wasn't killing me to hear about everything I missed, but, like, people have work. Guys, I was being so subtle. They had no idea I was talking about <laughs> If you've never taken a 6 a.m. train to make it to work uh, and then back to Comic-Con, uh, then good job. Uh, the trick not is fun. you don't mm-hmm. sleep, and then you just stay up throughout the night, and then you did a little nap in the Hall H line, and then you uh, – don't do that, please. It's mm-hmm. the worst. I did that last year, and my, my back sleep still hurts. is important. Y'all, uh, I don't have a segue for this, but I'm so glad that Koi has just shown it to me uh, because on the movie side, we have one more piece of news that is breaking right as we record this. It'll be old news by the time this is up. <laughs> so if it's retracted, this will be funny. Uh, but apparently the long struggling Flash adaptation has yet another change in uh, Masthead. Uh, we have a new director coming on. Yeah, yeah, the director yeah. of It may be coming on to take over for the uh, two, the co-director's who had been on this project with Ezra Miller, the uh, cinematic adaptation of The Flash that we've been hoping to see for some time now that hasn't apparently found quite the right fit uh, in new hands. What do you think? I think he handles ensemble brilliantly. I think that he handles uh, young and old. I can't wait to see you know It Chapter 2 to see how he handles the evolution of these characters but he's so good at building a world and he's so good at adapting things faithfully like it had to make some changes because there's some scenes in that book that can't go on screen but overall it feels like Stephen King and I I was really impressed with that so uh, him doing another piece of genre content I definitely think is a great move he handles budget well he does like all the blockbuster check marks are there and he's a brilliant filmmaker. So it, it's that best of both worlds, whereas his indie sensibilities translate with a lot of money. Uh, and I've been wanting this Flash movie for a long time. Uh, you guys probably know, like, Flash is my guy. And I didn't discover that until the last, like, five years. Mm. Like, he is a fast-moving, probably fast-talking, in my head canon, optimistic, mm-hmm. golden-age god. Like, what? That's so me. I'm so excited about that. I love his like exhausting optimism. So uh, you have a big Barry Allen energy, yeah. Especially modern Barry Allen, who's kind of Wally West. We all know. Yeah, it's a blend of Wally and Barry, and that's okay with me because the snarkiness of Wally mixed with the optimism of Barry is exactly my flavor. Weirdly, I also bonded to Barry because they basically write him as a having ADHD. Yeah, which um, I totally. And uh, yeah. A lot of us see ourselves in that, uh, you know, there's just a lot to keep track of, and it's moving very quickly, and we're very sorry that we are already seven things away, and you are catching up. It's uh, not personal. (laughs) Maybe I don't talk fast. I'm just trying to keep up with my own ADHD brain. I'm just just (laughs) looping myself in. It's like in Mario Kart when you lap yourself. That's what my head sounds like. I will say I'm continuing to hope uh, that they – a lot of articles about this question have uh, centered around the idea of whether it is a dark-toned film, and I continue to hope that it is not. But I don't know. Barry Allen is about – Optimism, uh, we need a light ca- – mm, we'll see. We'll I, see. I'd rather be more Shazam personally, that that flavor, but yeah. time will tell. Time the writers will... are very light. Uh, the, you know, the Spider-Man Homecoming team, they're, they're part of the writing team. So, Do we, well, and do we know if that's still going to be in place? That's a fair point. We don't know. This movie's only been in production for seven years. <laughs> As we've discussed many times, Flash is characteristically late all the time. So eventually <laughs> it'll get here and we will be very excited to watch it uh, on the big screen with the budget it deserves. And in the meantime, we've still got a Flash and he rules and he's on TV. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So it'll get there. We're hopeful. I like Ezra Miller a lot. I can't wait to see what this is. Uh, but before, if you if you don't get enough of it from the, on the big screen or on the TV, there are still comic books out there, and we have a pull list. Uh, okay, y'all, uh, it has been 
pull list. It's been so long since I had such a hard time <laughs> with the pull list. I quite can tell you, I've got like six runners up of things that we have to talk about and mention that are happening in comic books this week. We should start with your runners up. Okay. Do do those, and then we'll get to the actual like uh, the, the the heroes episode stuff. Yes. Okay. So you've already seen the top five that made it to the <laughs> to the official pull list this week, which is a, a a nice look at all of the different things that you could pick up this week. You also should be checking out books like this. No one left to fight. Number one, Aubrey Citizen and uh, Fico Osio are the team on this. Do I have any DBZ fans listening to this? I know I do. I know there's some Dragon Ball people out there. And this is basically a great, like, imaginary road trip story of those characters once it's all over, kind of having, like, midlife crisis adventures together. It's going to be a miniseries. It's from Dark Horse. The art is stunning in the preview pages that I've seen. And I'm very, very excited to see what this book is. And I believe someone even tweeted us about this, uh, that they were also excited. And I was just like, yeah, I pre-ordered that book. I can't wait to see what this is like. Uh, That looks really fun. Next, Doom Patrol is back. Weight of the World's number one. Uh, Jeremy Lambert, Gerard Way, I think maybe Mikey Way all working together on this. Uh, And the, let's see, art team, art team, art cred is Nick Darrington, Nick friggin' Darrington, James Harvey, Gerard Way, uh, uh, James Harvey, Nick Darrington on covers, Gerard Way and Jeremy Lambert writing the book. See, look at me with my facts straight. Handling it. I am very excited to read uh, this book back after a while. It's DC's Young Animal imprint. Uh, Once again, they're still doing all of the books that I think of as Vertigo. They just call them different things. Uh, And it's back in shop, so we have more weirdo adventures, which I'm very, very excited for. And then... You're going to want to check this one out because Miller's Netflix deal is in place and it is probably already on its way to you. But you probably also want to check it out because comics. <laughs> Space Bandits number one is out this week. These were all of the books that were in a fight with Sea of Stars. Uh, sea of Stars took the edge because that couple page preview was so compelling. Um, and the little kid character at the center, like I'm already invested in and the book isn't even out yet. Uh, so Space Bandits number one is out this week from Mark Miller and Matteo Scalera, who you know from Black Science. It is telling the story story of uh, the universe's most wanted felons, uh, two ladies on the run, uh, who are going to presumably get into some shenanigans and then probably get adapted on Netflix. So catch it early. Get in on it now uh, and go pick up Space Bandits. And then, (laughs) y'all, it's a week. It is a a week. I had put this on the list uh, a couple days ago because I, I had been refraining from mentioning it in the last couple months even though very eventful things were happening because I didn't want to spoil it for people. But at this point, the cat is out of the bag, the book is in, and all of the surprises I didn't want to talk about have, resu- have led to the greatest surprise of all. Koi, what's happening? I actually was just letting you go. What is happening? Walking Dead is Oh, yes. Over. Okay, I was like, are we to that point? Because I don't want to spoil yep. that moment. Oh, yeah, sorry. Walking- you don't magically know which one I was going to talk about next. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to spoil the thing we've been talking about since Heroes on Tuesday. Walking Dead's over. It's like, done. They just did that. Kirkman, what you do? After announcing a, a run and like an amount of time, like there was an expectation of number, right? I thought we had a certain number they were they they said we're going to get to. I don't know. Am about I assuming incorrect? That. I thought they were going to a hundred. Uh, to two hundred. Sorry, two hundred. Yeah, I thought they're going to the next hundred. I mean, I had assumed. Nobody assumes if you hit 190 that you're stopping before 200. Okay. So Kirkman knows what he's doing in terms of, like, literally no one. I, if you called this, tweet me, because I think zero people would have had. Like, this is a truly a surprise finale is not a thing. And that's pretty amazing to be like, oh, Wow, okay. They they did false solicits for more issues. That's what I had in my head. Yes. I think okay. I've seen at least 196 or 195. They had put out fake covers for yeah. Yeah, a couple of months ahead so that it looked to everyone. because And this is the thing with comics is that the thing that retailers use to get their information on is also a publicly accessible thing that people use to do orders. So the questions of how to handle secrecy in comics are active ongoing ones. And Kirkman has been really trying to push – what is possible there in ways that can make it sort of tough on retailers, like when he surprise launches a book and then you have to try to figure out getting those orders in, uh, but that make it really fun and interesting for readers. Um, And in theory, like, you know, he tried to... Die, Die, Die was a surprise release from Kirkman and they sort of worked with retailers to, to get some, like... 
free beginnings out for that to kind of compensate for the fact that none of us could plan ahead for it. And none of us could plan ahead for this. Although uh, story spoilers for Walking Dead have been there's been very intense events recently occurring in that book. I'm still going to be gentle about this, I guess, um, which had made me want to be like, make sure you're caught up with Walking Dead. But yeah, a surprise finale at 193, truly bonkers, truly <laughs> unprecedented for me in, in comics. I, I honestly, my hat is off. My hat is off to you, Robert Kirkman. What the heck? I got to say something that Amy's not going to like. Okay. I hope it has a smaller print run and it gets more collectible and those comics are like so much more valuable because it's a surprise finale and they did like a lower print run. Like it's just everyone that ordered the books gets them, but they didn't they didn't spruce it up because they knew what it was. I hope it went out regular. That way the second printing has value and the third printing has value and then the trade has value because it's what an incredible rare opportunity to have a comic that's in the middle of a run have a very expensive important issue. I love it like like um what just happened? Uh oh like Amazing Spider-Man number 4, uh Dan Slots from like 3 years ago. That's the first appearance of Silk. No one was prepared for how important Silk was going to be. So that issue that would be like a 5 or 7 dollar book is like an 80 dollar book. Here's what I don't want. A bunch of people are going to be at shops this week trying to buy 50 copies of that issue. True. And then people who regularly buy it off the shelf can't get it. Yeah, and I pull, that so it's breaks tricky. my heart. Yeah, um, and because what you're saying, like the chance for a comic book that you were already sub to to end up being really special in a way that surprises you, that's beautiful. That's what I like. That's about a it. wonderful thing. Yeah. Um, if it is intended to create that, like, and I, I have faith in Kirkman. I have faith that this is intended to create a memorable experience for the fan base and not designed specifically to be a thing that has value. Because I find that designing things to get expensive. I don't think is a rewarding long-term way to approach storytelling. And I agree with that. But it doesn't – I don't think Robert Kirkman is in that business. I think he's in the story business. Yeah. Uh, and much as – you know, it honestly, it hurts as a retailer not to know, like, by the way, boost your numbers on this. Like, to get that, that nudge. Yeah. You know? Um, in which case, like, obviously, most of us will have bumped our numbers because of story events. So in that way, they, they've kind of got us covered. But what I hope is that – they are ready with the new printing because they know this is coming. They're right. not. They know what they're doing. Yeah, the second um, print's a week out. If like. there's not going to be, yeah, if there's not going to be a gap in our ability to get this to people, then like it's just a purely cool thing. And I love the what idea cool of something thing. just ending. Like it, it's such a rare tool that comics can do that other mediums can't. You can't just end a show ten episodes instead of thirteen. So one thing, but you know, <laughs> it, it without it affecting the story. Right. Whereas with comics, if you know what you're doing in long game, then you have full control, and that's beautiful. Yeah. And that we didn't know. And what I love is that Robert Kirkby, for all his success, appears to really still deeply care about telling satisfying comic book stories. May he continue for a thousand years. Yeah. You know, he's now wrapped up two of his iconic runs. Invincible and Walking Dead are both done. Uh, but he's always launching new stuff, uh, and I, I'm very excited for whatever is next. I can't believe, I can't believe Walking Dead is done. Yeah, it's crazy. Wow, the Walking Dead era is done. Okay, well, we're going to be dealing with that for a while. For a while. My other two honorable mentions this week were the second Adventure Zone graphic novel. You know I love the McElroy brothers. I love their podcast where they go on goofy D&D adventures, which are also then epic, heartbreaking, incredible, magical D&D adventures. I didn't know they were writing the that War of the Realms book until issue <laughs> five. When I looked at the front cover, I was like, McElroy, wait, wait. So maybe I haven't been loud enough about this. Because you mentioned their <laughs> names, but I didn't put that together with War of the Realms. And I was mm-hmm, like, what? Mm-hmm. Uh, but that was my, like, I, I was trying to cut against my own favoritism. I was like, I won't make it one of my five, but I'll make sure I mention it on the podcast. Because the bizarreness of adapting someone's D&D audio-only podcast into a graphic novel, which they do with artist Carrie Peach. Peach, mm. uh, I, I should find out how to say your name. You do great work. Um, the second volume of their graphic novels is out this week. It adapts the train mystery uh, portion of their story, which many of us remember with great love. Very excited about that. So glad that that's in the world. And, uh, Koi, I put this on the list for you. I saw that. That's why I thought you were pitching to it before. And I was like, wait, this isn't that big of news, but it's cool. <laughs> new Mutants number 98 is getting a new edition. It's getting <laughs> reprinted in... I like these covers because it's like a play on the old ones. They're pretty much directly the old ones, so you feel like you got the classic. Yeah. Uh, how do you say facim- fac- facsimile? Facsimile. I've it's heard like, that word and never seen it's it. It's like a fact. Facsimile. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I think it said facsimile. Uh, a reasonable facsimile, you might, uh, yeah. a phrase you may have heard. A, so Marvel's been doing these things called facsimile editions, which are basically 
nearly exact reprints on shiny paper of classic issues that you can't afford to buy. And I love that it gets people like to read them as they're intended, and it feels original, but they've it isn't. They've got ads, they've got letters, yeah. they've got, like, it's so much fun to just have these in the world. It doesn't feel like they're ripping you off. It feels like they're giving you something you couldn't afford, and I like that. It's, it's it, Sometimes reprints are like, yeah, we get it, you want more money. This is the opposite. It's, yeah, you can't afford the $1,000 book that you won't touch if you open it. This is like, read the book. And so, of course, why is this issue important? This is the first appearance of Deadpool, <laughs> which, once again is an issue that was not going to be ordered a lot of and then a character became really popular and then boom check out my video on it on a gamma ray youtube uh <laughs> where out of nowhere this character is so much more vital to the entire culture of comic books than anyone would have expected yeah. so new mutants 98 the best way to own that for less than 100 bucks is this facsimile facsimile edition yeah. uh also uh in talking about the McElroy brothers mm-hmm. i was a guest on one of their podcasts and i didn't realize who it was i was subbing in for I've never met Travis, but I've been on his show. Uh, I was on Interbank because I'm friends with Tybee. And, like, I was the first guest that Interbank had that wasn't Travis because he was unavailable. So, like, Travis and I have looped around each other for actual years. So I was really excited to find out that one of my favorite War of the Realms was this guy that I've almost known. That's amazing. So it was really cool because I know you I would love to see the two of you in a room because the happy energy would be off the charts. And I'm saying that. (laughs) (laughs) He writes a hell out of Thorry, and I love that dog. Uh, Like, that run is really fun. And I kept thinking, like, who's this guy writing Thorry so well? Cut to, oh, that guy I've almost known, like, a bunch of times. So. Send him my best. So the McElroy brothers, it's a family affair. They write it with their dad, who is the comic book nerd of the family, which is the cutest. Uh, And, uh, yeah, they all have that graphic novel. Anything from our regular pull list that we didn't get to get into this week? We covered them pretty well. Uh, We talked about Joker Black Label with Marquia. She was excited for that. Uh, I do want to give Savage Avengers some love because Jerry Duggan is such a good writer. And Jerry Duggan has done an amazing job making characters that shouldn't work together, work together amazingly. And also characters that make you go, wait, how did they never team up before? Code of the Barbarian and Wolverine seem like they should have been on a team for years. Like, one's a feral mutant and one's a barbarian. It's right there in the math. It's one plus one is two. And I mean, the f- it's bizarre. But, but it works so well. Yes. So it's that first issue blew me away. Uh, Mike Diodato Jr. is an artist I've loved for years. And he just uh, started, like, he left Marvel. So this is a good time to read some great Marvel Diodato stuff because he is so good at what he does. There's a splash page in Savage Avengers 1 that is, I think, one of my favorite Wolverine images of all time. So Savage Avengers 3 is high on my list because 1 and 2 are so good. Uh, it uses Brother Voodoo incredibly. It, it, it has you invest in Brother Voodoo instantly. Wolverine does some cool stuff with his powers you don't expect. And they haven't even gotten to Venom and Electra yet. So <laughs> this book is just – it's made for me. I'm digging it. Uh, couldn't, couldn't speak higher of it. And Lois Lane obviously was designed specifically to target <laughs> me uh, because I love Greg Rucka so, so much. And he specifically seems to spend a lot of time writing awesome female characters. And he does great work with what we would think of as procedural stuff. Mm. He does great cop stories and great detective stories and great hard-boiled stories. Uh, and if you can think of a better person to take on Lois Lane, uh, Mike Perkins is on art. Mike Perkins is a wonderful artist. So I have not had a chance. I don't have a preview on this one. But I also don't have any doubts. I am so excited about this book. Lois Lane, number one. And notable, I, okay, I have a real soft spot for the old Lois Lane covers because they're the worst. (laughs) But they're the best thing in the universe. Got it, got it. Because she had like 200 issues of stories about alternate universes where she tries to kill Superman and being real mad at him for not marrying her. They are amazing covers. They are historical, beautiful, terrible artifacts. And I love them very much. But this uh, – that book was literally called Superman's Girlfriend, Lois Lane. That was the title of the book. One of the longest-running, most successful books was called Superman's Girlfriend, Lois, Lois Lane. Lane. And this book is called Lois Lane. Yes. So it's a nice moment. Let's all just appreciate. Just a little victory lap. Yeah. A little, a little spice. I like Tell it. Tell your stories there. Uh and, uh, yeah, so I, I couldn't be any more excited about this book. It's a good week. I mean, look at all the, like all of your other – and I have to briefly – I'm going to give some love very quickly to uh, – if you're not reading Punisher, Punisher's covers are painting a very different book than the Punisher book. And it's actually bothering me and I haven't had time to speak out about it enough. Punisher right now is metal as fuck. It is a shaved head Punisher with his Punisher skull carved into his chest on a prison island trapped with a bunch of Hydra soldiers, and he's just murking fools. And the covers are like, yeah, it's a Punisher book. Like, 
Punisher's crazy right now, and nobody's talking about it. So if you want to read a really crazy Punisher that is even more insane than the John Bernthal Punisher, it, it goes further than the Netflix show. He, like, builds bombs out of people. It is a crazy oh book. You have to be into ultraviolence, and I don't like violence in movies because it makes me uncomfortable because it feels too real. I like ultraviolence in this comic because it's like that would never – it feels like if Home Alone's Macaulay Culkin was making – a Punisher comic. It's awesome. He just, it's awesome. That is super bizarre. I will say, uh, Sea of Stars, I only gave credit to Jason Aaron on the show uh, because that was a mistake and I ran out of time. Uh, but Jason Aaron is co-writing that with Dennis Hallam and the art is by Stephen Green and it is a fabulous new image number one that is going to be about a kid and his dad on a space trucking adventure when everything goes wrong. It is, is actually going to be all ages appropriate, which I think is really cool. Uh, but you will like fall in love in the three-page preview of this book. Uh, it looks like it's going to be an incredibly good time and obviously all Jason Aaron indies should be on your list because he does both and he does it really well. And my final extra pull is uh, <laughs> is Cosmic Ghost Rider Destroys Marvel History has been so much fun. It shouldn't work as well as it does, but it really does. Um, Paul Shear is a stand-up comic and he's in every movie you watch. Uh, look up Paul Shear. You know exactly who he is. He's one of those guys. He's writing Cosmic Ghost Rider, a Donny Cates invention, and he's having so much fun ripping apart the Marvel Universe. Paul Shear has written a lot of great one-off comics. This is, uh, this is a great little mini-series for him to play with. Uh, it's really funny. It's really irreverent. Check it out. All right. We have a little time to get into some Twitter questions, which today is kind of badly named because I picked some questions and then a lot of just cool shout-out stuff from y'all. But first up, from the book lover, nice name, at Uh Yearning for West, I need some comic book advice. What are the best Wolverine story arcs to read for a newcomer? I have Marvel Unlimited, and I'm wanting to get to know these amazing characters. As far as Wolverine goes, where should I start? Thanks in advance, Marvel Comics Collider Heroes. Are you ready? Yes. I would start at the uh, Joe Rubenstein miniseries because it's a great way to like get Wolverine on his own. It's a great way to see like the the, the very OG core of that character. Uh, Wolverine number 10 with Sabretooth is really cool to see Sabretooth introduced. It's in an era of Wolverine that I don't love as much as others, but that issue itself, uh, Astonishing X-Men with Joss Whedon. He wrote such a fun Wolverine. He, he wrote did. a very different Wolverine. Uh, Ultimate still Spider-Man. Feels Wolverine, still feels Wolverine. Still feels Wolverine. Ultimate Spider-Man had this great body swap double issue with Wolverine and Spider-Man body swapping, which was so much fun. The two of them in their each other's bodies. Body swapping always gets me, no matter what. Uh, so check that out. Uh, I would also say the Enemy of the State run with John Amita Jr. Mm. on pencils was really cool, and it kind of set up where Old Man Logan could go, making him the enemy of everyone. Enemy of the State, I love John Amita Jr., and he took his time on this Wolverine run, so the books look great. Uh, I would also say... Uh, one last one. I'm going to throw oh. some classics in. Oh, you have it? One last one. Yeah. Not, no, you take the classics, because I like a all-new Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine is beyond Logan now, and it finally stuck for me in a real way. X-23 is such a great, great Wolverine, and I think it shows how good the character can be that it's not one guy. Uh, X-23, especially as written by Tom Taylor, is some of the best, period, hard stop. Those are my Wolverines. So if you are new to the character, you might not know yet that he has a clone who is sort of – we think of her as his daughter, but she's his clone. uh, And her name is X-23 most of the time. But for a while, her name was Wolverine. She was the all-new Wolverine, and it was a really, really great run. Uh, And I love that you picked that out. I will say for for the old-school catch-up and a good place to start with Wolverine, you can go back to some of the classic stories, the Barry Windsor Smith Mm -hmm. uh, Weapon X stuff with Wolverine you want to get. And you want to get the – Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Wolverine uh, material. Look for those names. Uh, the the Wolverine stories told in Chris Claremont's X Men obviously defined him, uh, but the the specific. Uh, Claremont and Miller together working on him gave him a lot of the stuff that later authors have built on. Also, Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries is really oh, good, yeah. and that shows the relationship they pretty much stole for X Men One with Rogue, which didn't make sense. But <laughs> Kitty Pride and Wolverine, their but relationship it was very in character for him because he he adopts sure. women in a non creepy way, and I love it. I love that he's always mentoring young women, and it's never creepy, and just a, a, a sincere and heartfelt ode to you, Wolverine. I love the way that you are basically only interested in uh, mentoring cool women who are my faves. He's a samurai. He's got honor. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. It's a really cool part of his relationship, and I think the Kitty Pride miniseries really establishes. That, that they use later with Jubilee and with Rogue in the movies. Mm-hmm. So check those out. Uh, and it's wildly out of tone. Don't start with this, but Wolverine and the X-Men is a run by Jason Aaron, uh, and it's great, and it's so much fun. So if you want to see a different side of him <laughs> when he's uh, running the school for a while, uh, that was an amazing time. <laughs> okay. 
Next up, Lance Watkins at Rogue Symbiote. Nice name. I need to give a massive thank you to Koi Jandor and Enthusiami for recommending Die comic a few weeks ago on Collider Heroes. I'm completely obsessed with Die now. Bought the trade paperback and put up the money for a first print number one. New yeah. favorite series. Thanks, Koi and Amy. Please always tweet us these things. Always. It's so great. I'm so excited. That's it's the it. anti-YouTube comment. Thank you. Like... <laughs> It's so hard. I think humans are evolutionarily evolutionarily at a disadvantage because uh, we always want to improve, right? So we're always looking to take a step in how we're going to better ourselves. So if we read 100 YouTube comments and one is negative, I think our monkey brains go, ah, I got to fix that. And we only remember the negative. So when I get tweeted positives, it helps balance me remembering the one dumb comment I read the day before. So thank you for fixing my monkey brain by reminding me the world is generally better than bad. And thank you for being awesome fans. Y'all are the best. Uh, and speaking of things you do that make you the best, we asked last time for some shout-outs of your favorite comic book stores, and you showed up with some awesome shout-outs. So Terrence Robinson at TJ Future CPA says, Well, Corey and Amy, if you're, if you're ever this far down south, the comic shop to be in a Montgomery, Alabama is Quality Comics. At Quality Comics with an X. Uh, hashtag Collider Heroes. Thank you so much for that. Steve Rogers tweeted us at <laughs> Captain America 1, but the I is a number 1 and there's a number 1 at the end. Uh, says, since you mentioned it on the recent Giant Size episode, I would like to nominate Third Eye Comics at Third Eye Comics as the best Maryland, Virginia, D.C. area best comic store around. Please visit it and maybe a shout out. Thank you. We can promise the shout out. Guaranteed. There it is. <laughs> uh, it sounds wonderful. Stephen Palchinski at Palchinski says uh, hashtag Collider Heroes L- CS tour in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Is it said Saskatoon? Is that why you've written Saskatoon in front of Saskatchewan, uh, Canada? I don't know. I'm very Saskatchewan sorry. Saskatchewan's like a state, like a district, and then Saskatoon, Saskatoon is the town, I think. We hope that that's true. Happy Canada Day. Sorry for potentially mangling the name of where you're from. <laughs> but uh, in that place in Canada, my comic shop of choice is 8th Street Book and Comic. They not only have comics and collectibles, but also magic tricks and Kit Kat clocks, which I now want to look up. What is a Kit Kat Yo, clock? Yo, can you eat your clocks in Canada? <laughs> I will eat the hell out of a clock. Oh, if the arms are Kit Kats. Oh, Tobler. Man, I'm hungry. Potato (laughs) News didn't even take over today, but I could use some Kit Kats. It's where you can consume each hour of the day as a separate chunk. Oh, Uh, I respect that. And our sweaty question of the week, I am once again is misnamed because I want to do uh, draw attention to this one. Thank you so much. This is my favorite tweet of this week. Oliver Hall at Oliver Bear Hall. Sent a stay sweaty with a hashtag Collider Heroes and a picture of an absolutely stunningly beautiful tattoo of our buddy John Schnepp. Thank you for sending that, for sharing that. Uh, we really appreciate it. I love that tattoo. That is amazing. Um, I've seen a few John tattoos over the years and they always are just Fantastic! There's so much energy and love of like John in them. They're always something that I think he would dig. Uh, and it was uh, to, being at Orbital was really crazy because there's so much John there. I can't wait for you to check it out. Like John yeah. is at Orbital Comics. Like there's a, there's a John vibe 100 percent of that space, uh, and it makes so much sense that when John and Holly are there, they record podcasts there. Like it's still like there's just that. The John flavor is very yeah. apparent at Orville Comics. So seeing tattoos and seeing you guys give them love is always like a little piece that we get to have have those moments. It means a lot to us. Thank you for sharing that. I know we're we're as Comic Con approaches, a lot of those uh, memories are coming back. Uh, it's been about a year. It's been an amazing journey. Uh, but we, you know, knowing that all of the the love and the grief and all of that is shared with all of y'all really is something special uh and we appreciate that very much so please keep tagging us in that stuff because that was really sweet and really cool uh, and we got in on, yeah, on a lighter. Sorry. I mean, no, it's certainly it's important. Uh, I but did this to myself. Why? I just thought of the commercial for the Kit Kat clock. Okay. It's give me a break. Mm-hmm. Give me a break. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat clock because every time you take a break, you can bite the clock. It's a time, and as the time goes, you're like, oh, I got time for a break. Plus, it's a brilliant marketing strategy because you need to buy a new one every day. And every time, yeah, it, it's a break, but it's a pun on breaks because it's both types of break. You break <laughs> mm, the Kit Kat and you time. take a break. Yeah. Break me off a piece of that Kit Kat clock. Yes, it's absolutely. Right there. A delicious and profitable proposal. Every day, a new Kit Kat. It's like the those calendars around Christmas, but yeah. daily. Like an Instead advent of, calendar, but all the time. Why is this not a thing? I feel like diabetes. That's why. Oh, I feel gosh. like if I ate all of that candy every well, day, I would probably not do well healthily. It's sugar. Sugar's a problem. <laughs> uh, but the, we love the, it. We're not on camera. This is just audio. I would like to point out the concern that just washed over Amy's face when I said probably diabetes. She was like, 
uh, uh, just actual and concern. Now I'm like sad again. now we're back to reality. Uh, comic books are great, and <laughs> I appreciate all of you for sharing your love of comic books. Yes. I appreciate every comic creator that we keep finding out listens to what we do and watches <laughs> what we do. It is always shocking, and it's always appreciated. But Corey's going to handle this for a while, while I uh, I'm going to just say, inspired by Spider-Man, go far from home, uh, and then we will be back to it, and we might see some of y'all at San Diego Comic Con. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, please. Please keep keep tweeting us saga pictures because it's the best. <laughs> and until next time, stay, stay sweaty. sweaty. Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care centers, get a $25 prepaid Visa card when you get any Napa automotive battery. It's the best deal for some of the best batteries from some of the best car people around. But we might be a little partial. Anywho, pick up any Napa automotive battery and save 25 bucks. Do it yourself or have it done for you. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. While supplies last, offer ends 831.20. Shop Black Friday Week Deals Sunday through Friday at Kohl's. Plus, get $15 Kohl's cash for every $50 spent. And take an extra 15% off. Get the big one throws, $849. Toastmaster small appliances are just $214 after rebate. And Fitbit Versa 2 is $129.99. Plus, take 30% off Lego, 70% off fine jewelry, and save on boots for her, $16.99. Plus, get fast and free store pickup. Shop Black Friday Week deals at Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid November 22nd through the 27th. 15% off with promo code ENJOY15. Lego and Fitbit offers and coupons do not apply. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details.